Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Heroes of the Realms, that wonderful floating and flittering violin music that you've missed so much over the holidays is back. That's right. Sparks and Rec has returned. And we've returned with a vengeance in the year 2024, guys. Here we are for episode 47. Uh, We have a really special episode lined up for you. Um, We have a full boat today, guys. We got five... uh, crew members on board the SS Sparks and Rec today. Of course, <laughs> myself, Matthew, Jigmalinko Rooks, uh, here uh, as almost always. Happy to be back. Uh, also joined by the OG um, right-handed left-hand man, Agent C-13, <laughs> Tim McKenzie. That's um, me. He's, he's, he's revved up. He's rejuvenated. He's ready for a big 2024. And uh, how are you feeling today, buddy? Uh, I'm feeling all right. I I hurt my back in the last couple of months and uh, dealing with all that stuff. But I just got a good laugh because uh, one of our guests, uh, Kat, in the background was just licking their butt on the screen. So it was really funny. Always good for a laugh. Always good for a laugh. Um, You know what? Great segue. Uh, typically, we we uh, I jump over to Phil Joe, but with it, with an intro like that, with a little cat rectum sniffing licking uh, segue, you can't you can't pass that up. Um, that's right, everybody. We have a special guest with us today, Alex the Cats's Meow Rogers, joining us um, from his headquarters in South Carolina. How's it going there, boss? How are we doing today? Life's good. I'm not having to repair anything today, so. I'm a little disappointed because you're you have a shirt on and you're not repairing anything. But you know, maybe yeah. the night's still young, my friend. The, the night, night is still young. We still have still like young. an hour plus left, so things could happen. So, let's see how it goes. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Good to have you here, buddy. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Um, we'll, we'll continue on with the uh, intros here. We've got um, maybe not the original Thunder, but he definitely brings his own Thunder from down under. Uh, we've got Cooper. Filtrophobe Fitzgerald joining us. Uh, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, Happy New Year to all our listeners. Uh, I was having a great uh, time off holidays and all the rest of it. Uh, And then I saw Alex contort in weird ways and, uh, you know, start sniffing his rectum. So it was a little bit weird. Um, (laughs) But here we are. Okay. Well, thanks for the the recap there to the very very graphic recap. Uh, is we've, that a I recap, think about it or is times. that a like recreation? Of <laughs> it's history. a reimagination. It's a reimagination of the uh, cat episode that we just had a few seconds ago. Uh, great intro, by the way, guys. We are getting off really to us on, on a strong. Sam, Sam's not even here, and we've already talked about. And cat we're already rectum, filling up for so. it. Cat rectums have been mentioned four times now, and uh, you know, and we haven't even introduced our special guest yet. Without further ado, guys, the main attraction, uh, one of our biggest supporters, a, a stalwart member of the community, we have Ben Wardenslayer gracing us with his presence today. 
thank you so much for joining us today, Warren. Really good to have you. Thanks for having me. We'll see if, you know, what they say is true about, you know, when people go around famous people, if my IQ drops, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm on camera with you guys today. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, maybe our IQ can be raised to your level uh, as we okay. go through. It wouldn't be, wouldn't be too hard of a feat for me. I, I have nowhere to go but up, I think, actually. So that's the, I've got one thing going for me there. Um, guys, we've got quite a show packed for you today. Um, before we go over the overview, Timmy, why don't you just give a quick shout out and thanks to all of our lovely supporters and patrons and peeps. Hey, uh, again, just want to thank all the uh, patrons and supporters over the last, uh, what, year and a half or so. Um, thanks everybody that thinks that what we're doing is worth uh, a little bit and supporting the podcasting and allowing us to uh, <clears throat> keep everything going easily and also allowing us to do some cool prizes for some contests. We really uh, like being able to do that stuff. So thank you all that have shown us support. And uh, yeah. We'll keep the show going for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, but thanks, Tim. <laughs> um, now, I know Warden Slayer is our special guest today, but we're going to put him to work, guys. Um, Warden, can you give us just a quick overview? What do we have planned for today's episode? Yeah. So episode 47, uh, we have, we're going to do um, everybody's favorite segment, What Would You Do? Uh, then we're going to go into a topic after my own heart, uh, some Lua spotlight, sorry, Lua lessons. Then we're going to go back to the monthly meta madness and talk about the, you know, with the crazy win rates and then la um, finish up with community roundups and taps and scraps. Got a full lineup guys. Everybody's favorite, a little, a little something for everybody. Everybody's f favorite slice of sparks and rec should be uh, hidden away somewhere in today's episode. So we hope you enjoy it. Um, before we jump into what would you do? Um, Filtro, can you just give us like a little teaser of what we'll be talking about, what we'll be looking at in the monthly meta matchup, or is it is it monthly meta matchup or madness? I always get it, it screwed up. It's it's mashup. You made a typo in the doc. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Mashup. Monthly meta mashup. What what are we te what can you tease for us? <laughs> yeah. So we've got we've had some pretty spicy stuff happen over the last uh, month. Uh, so we've had ancestries list of production. So we've got some cleric and some fighter ancestries. We'll be able to see what they've done to the greater picture. And we had a week of arena, a magical level 16 time. Uh, and we'll be able to see how everyone's doing over there. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I didn't get to play too much of it. So I'm looking forward to see what... Neither uh, did I, unfortunately, is. but there's a lot of data. <laughs> so we'll be able to make conclusions based off no right, experience. Cool. Yeah, and I guess that is a good <laughs> thing that there's data. We'll talk about all this later, guys. But uh, All right, good stuff. Um, without further ado, guys, let's just jump right into it and head into what would you do? What would you say you do here? All right. So today's What Would You Do? Uh, it's been submitted by As Awesome As, a uh, fellow Australian and my previous mentor. He's ripping it up these days, and he submitted us a... I'd say there's a lot going on here. This is a pretty interesting scenario. We've got some mechanical decisions, a lot of market decisions. It's not just a 
pick between one or two cards, there's a lot going on in this one. Um, so we're currently looking at a level 14 match between a human ranger and a monk. Uh, we've got rucksack on the other side, always a terrifying thing to see. Um, and yeah, so today's ranger, we are playing with the four, one track and the hunter's cloak. Um, we currently have in play three gold and three combat, and we've got a gold and a grave robbery in hand. So we've got potential six spending power for this turn. We don't have a snapshot, so our hand is what it is for the rest of the turn. Uh, We have five cards in deck, which is a single gold, a ruby, spyglass, trap master Rianne, and deception. So exactly five cards. Uh, And importantly, there is a deception lined up to faction next turn if we leave those five cards as they are. And our discard pile just has a hunting bow in it. it doesn't look like we've made any other purchases thus far beyond everything we have. Uh, and we've got the full, we've got a light crossbow and the full suite of arrows in play right now. Um, yeah. The market that we're looking at has Calabok the Defiant, which is reduced to five by the Horn of Calling. We have Domination, Word of Power, Gruck Storm Giant, which is reduced to seven, and Life Drain. Uh, unfortunately, the Grok and Domination will be out of reach this turn, but maybe something to look at for the future. Uh, Rucksack's Monk has the Talu Slippers, so if you have four actions, you draw a card. Uh, I can't say the skill. I think it's the one that you get two from your discard pile. I could be wrong. Um, and his deck, his, his current uh, discard pile is pretty full. Uh, just a bunch of... It's just got an Explore and a Soul Transfer in it, and his deck, it's got six cards in it, uh, Ophelia the Blessed, Recruit, Two Spring Blossoms, A Gold, and the Heal, uh, Serene Wind. Yeah. What would we do here? There's a lot going on, I think. Great. Yeah. And nice explanation, mm-hmm. too. Did you mention also that in the Rangers deck, we've got Deception and I forget that champion. Yeah. We've got a blue Deception and Trap Master and We have exactly Lined five cards, so they are going to line up. Next turn for sure. So you have a nice Deception turn lined up next turn. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, all right. Now, before, what do we want? Let's let's go through and take our ideas here, and then we can jump into Discord and see what see what they have to say. All right. Um, Filter, you did such a great job setting it up. You can reap the rewards, my friend, and tell us what would you do in this situation. So um, the three lines of play that I think exist um, are: you will will track um, and try to remove the gold from our deck. Uh, or the gold in hand. Um, so we'll try to remove the gold from deck with the track with Grave Robbery, uh, and then we'll buy Calabok the Defiant. Uh, the next line is just play the two cards in our hand with no sacrifices and buy Word of Power or Life Drain. Uh, so realistically, those are the three things we're looking at this mm-hmm. turn. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm going to go Word of Power this turn, mm. because next turn, uh, it doesn't, Rucksack probably doesn't buy Domination next turn. He can, but his odds aren't great. Um, and if we, and even if he buys domination, he gets life. If he misses domination, he gets life drain. If he gets domination, it leaves us life drain. We have a deception lined up next turn. Uh, I think the way that we're going to win this game uh, is we will buy word of power this turn. Next turn, we spend one gold to track. We, we've got two draws in hand. We line up our deception. And then we can, the odds of us getting seven gold is pretty likely. 
with all that going on. We've got a few two gold cards in deck. We're looking through. We're seeing four cards in our deck. We're removing one out of the way. We've got two draws to get through them. So I read our odds of getting uh, the three extra gold would need, uh, especially with Cloak. And if we get a word of power and a domination, we're really going to be able to start comboing those up together, especially with the sack we already have in our deck. And we're currently at 49. Uh, Monk is well known for... And Rucksack still hasn't popped his ability. He can pop us for 11 at any point, so we effectively have 38 HP. If we don't get any healing, we're probably dead in four turns. And I think the argument... Most people are saying to go life drain for what I've seen. I think we die before life drain reaps its rewards if we don't take Word of Power and then try to get the domination paired. Um, so that's how I see it. How's everyone else looking? Great, great freaking breakdown. Great job. Uh, Alex, let's go to you next. What would you do here? Or do uh, you like have any... Okay, he concurs. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, d- add more to that. The reason that I think Word of Power is the right answer is purely because, like you said, you're on a time clock right now. Monk can heal and you can't. And Word of Power has the, it at least creates the potential to change that pretty easily, actually. And uh, with having Deception uh, and two draws in your next hand, it's actually possible for you to be able to track and then stack up that Word of Power and then really have a powerful, powerful turn. And Rucksack has to choose, he has to, he, let's say that he magically manages to get a seven gold. He still has to make the hard choice between domination and life drain life drain. If we get it, we're going to sacrifice down and murder him pretty quickly. And hopefully we'll find one Imperial along the way to get that healing that we're looking for. If he leaves domination, then we're pretty much guaranteed to get domination. And then yes, we sacrifice down a little more, but we have all of the healing to sustain until end game. So if I were rucksack, I would shoot, to grab domination but it's not looking good for him either way if you if you take word of power to start is it i'm just looking at this is it even possible for him to get six next turn rucksack yeah, yeah. it is six, yeah, seven. all right because he's got a champion and if he uses i don't know but that's he's got one two, um, three, four, five. what about what about popping his ability Oh, the ability yeah, draws. That's drawing. right. Okay, yeah, armor you're right. Yeah. It, it's yeah. possible, but unlikely. He's like he's yeah. He's basically got guaranteed life drain great. if he wants yeah. it. He's got it guaranteed life drain if he wants it. He doesn't have guaranteed domination if he wants it. Okay, all right, yeah. Thanks, thanks for clearing that up. Um, Warden, let's go to you next. What, do you have any new insight or different ideas here? What would you do? Well, I, I want to start off with you know, as awesome as you know, playing the level fourteen human. Ranger, you know, four one track in the beta beta queue. <laughs> Shout out for that one. Uh, and then getting rucksack that must have been a little nerve wracking. But um, um, so for me, I just kind of looked at either life drain or the cowbuck because um, you know, just basically playing the cards you have, not sacrificing anything. Um, and the reason I thought about the the champ is because it's got a pretty big you know guard stat. But then you look and you see that rucksack has the his ability still which could basically just negate that. So um, it, it's really not going, going to uh, protect you as well. Um, so I kind of agree with the uh, cats and just saying get the life drain and scrap and try to get ahead because you're already pretty behind here health-wise. Okay. All right. Um, Timmy, you have any yeah. bonus content for us? <clears throat> um, I don't really see any benefit to tracking here. You like if you look at what you have coming in your 
in your deck with the two draws, the the blues lining up for your deception. You got five gold initially. Like that's about as good as you would hope for if you were tracking and whatever. So like you're not going to get anything better by tracking here. And so at that point, it's do I sacrifice a gold from my hand? Do I sacrifice like the bow or I think the black arrow is maybe that's been played. It's just hidden. Um, but yeah, so, so maybe I would think about sacrificing that, that bow because if I'm mm. buying word of power, I've, I've mm. got a crap ton of draw. That's the only thing I would think about other than what people said. Although I don't know that I would here. Um, yeah. That's a I typically don't. I, yeah, I, I usually don't. I try to get rid of the arrows and the gold and the horn and stuff before the bows. But yeah, hmm. maybe I do, I do have the crossbow. And if I get word of power and I've got deception and my spyglass, I got plenty of draws yeah, to you may not need that do second. stuff. I may not that's really need it. So that's the only thing about. I would really think of uh, to do differently. But I think I'd probably do what uh, Coop was saying and just just play it out and not sacrifice anything and get word of power. Yeah. Uh, you guys make great points. I don't have, I, I like that idea of scrap, possibly scrapping the bow. You make a decent case for it. Uh, uh, Coop, well, what do you think about that? Would you scrap that bow? Um, I'm not going to lie. It was tempting, but I think it's just a little bit too early to scrap. The yeah. Bow. Yeah. I think yeah, I if we're in that. the same situation and um, you say this was turn 10 and we played grave robbery another two times and, you know, we've scrapped out like a gold or a horn of calling. Then the bow is looking pretty juicy to scrap. Yeah. But I think it's just a tiny bit too early. To mm. okay. I, I, I agree, but I, I'm definitely thinking about it here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I have been thinking about to bring it. Up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's tempting because you hate to lose a scrap chance, right? You hate to waste right. a scrap chance if you have a target. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you have so much draw in your deck, and if you get word of power as well, that's even more. You're going to have that draw engine with, without bows and arrows. Yeah. You also, it. how lucky do you feel today? Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, Shoot the, moon, I think right? the, the safe play is don't scrap it. But if you are feeling lucky, which I don't know that well, in this in this situation, I don't think you need that extra edge right now like your deck's looking really good i think grabbing word of power it's your game to lose Mm -hmm. at this point in time so you're risking it when you don't have to by scrapping it but if you were behind and his deck looked better or something like that and you had two turns until you were going to die then it would be worth it You, you don't have a ton of damage in your deck at all and that that's probably what keeps me like like next like they were saying yeah like they were saying Hopefully, right? um, with, the, with you don't, deception, it's early. You don't, you don't really want to get rid of it, but you buy word of power, so you have plenty of draw with what you have. And so, I'm less worried about the bow and arrows lining up, and more I'm wanting to keep it so that I have some more damage to keep being able to put on some damage pressure. If if you get rid of that bow right now, and then, but yeah, I mean, you're going to get either life drain or domination to hand next turn, so. Yep. And that's it. And uh, the last thing I'll say here is typically I'd rate life drain higher than word of power, even for a ranger. Uh, and if this was earlier in the game and you didn't have, you hadn't already lost 25 hit points. Right. Uh, I would probably lean towards life drain, but for me, it's actually the healing in that world or, or the healing potential from the word of power. Cause 
uh, like I think Filter said, if you're not careful, you're probably going to be dead in four or five turns and, from now, right? Yeah. And um, you definitely don't want the monk to get that healing on top of everything else. No, that's the yeah. recipe for disaster. And they already yeah. have, I think, uh, uh, do they have any healing in there? I forget. Uh, just, just a recruit, I mean, but recruit. Yeah. But sometimes, they, but, I mean, they, they have they, so much inherent healing already. Yeah. They, they have that. And then if that recruit in the word of power lines up, you're kind of screwed. If you let yeah. them have that. Yeah. yeah. This is also, um, a great example of, uh, always talking about who's the aggressor and who's the defense, like who's the defender, uh, at the moment, Rucksack is definitely the aggressor. Monk just has, <laughs> yeah. just it's just better. Uh, it's got more damage. It's got more healing. It's got more. It's got as much draw yeah. as the ranger. Like, if nothing happens in the market, it's just going to kill you. Uh, so you you you, ne- you always need healing to beat monk. Is generally a thing to do. It's kind of like how you beat fighter and barbarian. You need healing to beat yeah. monk. If you don't get any healing, they're just going to kill you, and they're going to keep staying healthy, and you'll never get through to them. Yep. Yeah. Good points. All right, um, I'll just do a quick overview of what the Discord said here. Uh, we had an over, most people voted for either, we had five votes for Word of Power, we had four votes for Life Drain. Uh, Samwise popped in and said, Word of Power, you need the life gain. Uh, Andalou still isn't sure yet. Noodle says, there, you don't have Imperial in your deck yet, so Word of Power is too risky, I'd go for a Life Drain. And try to sack quickly and see how that goes. Um, Piffle Piffle says, uh, "Oh, he's talking about sacrificing the bow." So that came up a little bit. Um, and Noodle says, "You know, if I can transition to yellow after this, uh, word of power is tempting, but it's just that light drain is." He still says light drain is better. And then Andalou says, "Okay, you've." Uh, convince me i'm also life drain as well so i think it also depends if you're going for aggro here but even if you're trying to aggro the the monk here you're 25 26 points down health points down you're gonna lose that battle of attrition i think even yeah. if you try to aggro it but anyway all right um i think that's pretty good any final thoughts on this what would you do guys before we uh i think i think we hit all the main points here Really good one. Thanks for the submission. As awesome as, and uh, as Warden mentioned too, like uh, or and, and Filtro, all, both guys mentioned, as awesome as is kind of a fearless competitor, and he's out there playing playing this human ranger against uh, you know, things it, like Rucksack's monk. It's but he's 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 not unafraid to do it. He's a great player. So uh, and he always gives us some really cool do as well. So do, he's doing it for the hero helper data. <laughs> That's right. And, we and need and to. I, I would say you you probably you have an uphill battle in this matchup regardless of how you go. You have you have a good setup here to have a decent chance, but even getting everything exactly like you want, you're not guaranteed to pull this one off. So you're in, you, you need things to go your way, and that's why I yep. almost kind of like scrapping the bow and just trying to go for the shoot the yep. moon and hope and try to luck out and maybe hope that that's that's why I think about it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No. Not going to lie, I'm trying to get my uh, monk to diamond at the moment. It's currently in plat three. Uh, if I saw, I haven't seen a human ranger, but if I saw a human ranger, I think, oh my god, this is so free, easy star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Filter, what is your monk build, by the way, really quickly? Um, so uh, the plus three skill, uh, slippers, heal sixteen, draw two. Um, the staff of Medi- the upgrade on the ruby that gives lets you top deck. Uh, Horn of Calling, which is the draw. If you buy something, get two gold. Uh, um, 
Ring of a Thousand Palms, I think it's called, which is the heel one, sack heel five. Yep. Am I, am, am I missing no, something? You got it. Yeah, and then, then health upgrades, probably. Yeah, uh, I Tonfus, have the Tonfus same... of balance. Uh, that's what I'm missing. Yeah, Tonfus. Yeah, and double damage discard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mine is exactly the same, except for that stat, the horn, uh, the the horn thing you mentioned. What's the what's the other choice there? Uh, for the upgrade? Stillness of water. Um, this... Discard draw. Oh. Draw discard. Oh no! no that's but I, I have the same. Oh, no, you're building. running the um, instead of Tonfus of Balance. You're running the uh, two gold if your health is less than thirty. Draw a card. Oh yeah, that's it. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's. And I beat be... you. I beat you an hour before the podcast started. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude, yeah, but you know, I, and I, we're birdwalking here a little bit, but uh, yeah. the I was looking at my monk stats, and it's only like fifty-five, fifty-six percent. I felt like I was doing better than that, but it's not. I think I might need to make some changes with that build. Yeah, I think I'm up around 75, so it's the climb's going well. Sounds like it. Okay, it, total uh, total bird walk there, but great way to end. What would you do? 43. Up next, guys, we are going to head into Lua Lessons with Wardstar. All right, guys, here we are in the main event. We've got our special guest, Ben Wardenslayer, here with us today. And he is, as he mentioned in the intro, Lua is near and dear to his heart. Few uh, of our community members have been an active and uh, as creative with their, uh, with their work and creations as Wardenslayer. Uh, Arcanel is another one, I think, who's been out there. But it, it's really I mean, a handful of you guys and Wardenslayer. You're, you're one of them. So we figured, hey, guys, let's talk about Lua today. And on top of that, Warden Slayer has added some really nice contributions to the written library of work, of content that we have on the Realms Rising website. Uh, he made a, an article called the Lua Play at Home Edition, uh, which we'll go over really quickly. And he also recently published, to coincide with the release of this episode, a Lua Lessons article. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then also, hopefully, he'll also have a little time to talk about some of his creations as well. Uh, all right. So, Warden, I set the table for you, buddy. Um, how, how are we going to break into this discussion about Lua? Uh, what do you want to talk okay. about first? Um, that's a good question. Uh, let's start first. with the. There's actually one other article in there. Uh, that I did. That's actually um, from basically. Early, I, I just yeah. I, I kind of just tried to set out to just kind of what I fill in some gaps and you know was you know uh, was some of what we already had out there. We have obviously have had some uh, great Lua active you know active people like Tim and uh, User Cafe. Um, I shout you guys both out in my article spoiler. Um, because, and I, you know, I just wanted to just kind of iterate on what everybody else has already done and try to put something in a little bit more of a narrative or lesson format. Um, and so kind of the first article I made was basically just because I kept seeing people or probably double dubs, just constantly explaining to people how to get a Lua script, you know, from other people and sharing that. And I just kind of felt challenged by that to just kind of make something to explain how to use them. Um, and it's really just the same way, you know, you would send a no heroes or something, but, you know, it's just like how to save them and reuse them. So that's kind of what the, the play at home article is. 
is just something up on the realm, you know, the realms rising website that you can just be shared so that people know, you know, cause the first hurdle is finding somebody that has something. Um, yeah. and, um, obviously, uh, with the way the custom lobby has changed recently, where there's actually a couple, you know, lure ones up there where you can get challenges sent without actually having a script for a few things. Um, that's super helpful. So, that's super cool. That's been, that's been one of the changes I've absolutely loved because now I can just queue up some uh, <laughs> vanilla games as well as other options. But that's been the one that I've been doing kind of recently is I can queue those up against random folks. I don't have to send a challenge and have you on a list or anything. It's so awesome. Okay. And just wait, before we go further here. So what we're talking about is in the app version of the game, in the online screen, in the lower right corner, there's a button called custom games, right? And if you open that menu, you can see a list of currently available custom games that players have put up for queue. You can also start your own new game, as Tim mentioned, either with vanilla or I think there's a, is there a couple other preset ones? I forget. Sorry if I don't know it. Ooh. My, my balance <laughs> random one is up there. Random and put a couple of them up there. I think those awesome. are the only two that are yeah. hard-coded. Yeah, so you actually, so Warden actually has like one of his custom scripts built into the game, which is pretty, pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, we have other custom scripts that have been made by uh, various community members who they can upload and play it. And as Warden just said, if you finish one of these games, you can save that script to your profile and start up your own game. So you kind of like every person who plays one of these scripts can also start challenge or uh, creating their own custom games and kind of repopulate the the list of custom games. It's a cool way to kind of infect, quote unquote, other people with the custom scripts that have been made. And it's a really cool feature that w, WG has added to the game. And that's what we're here to talk about. All right, so that's kind of like the setup. And that's what your play at home article kind of covers, how to yep. access this stuff. Yeah. yeah, how to just play with it, you know, for, for anybody. Yeah, good. And by the way, we're going to, the links for these articles will be in the show notes or just go to realmsrising.com. They're like the first two or three articles in the main queue right now. So it's a great time just to revisit Realms Rising if you haven't been there in a while and check it out. All right. So I think, I mean, we can, we don't have to go into the details about how to like load and do the scripts more than we've already done. You can read that article, I think. But the, um, the newest article that you've done, Ben, the Lua yes. lessons. Uh, maybe you can just give us a quick like overview. What's the what's the objective? What are you trying to use, or what what are you showing the community with this uh, this resource you put up? Right. So kind of you know going past playing with you know playing with this, the the Lua scripts and actually if somebody actually wants to get involved, um, I'm just trying to make the you know the 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 learning curve of getting into it a little easier. Um, there's actually kind of an intro article that's in the Lua lessons that talks about how to actually get started with uh, development and some of the tips and tricks I learned along the way. Um, and originally I was going to write an article that was a little bit more technical of how to, you know, how to, where to store your scripts, how to load them into the development screen. And then lo and behold, the, the Dropbox document that the Wise Wizards Games devs, you know, random noob has made is actually already got that. Um, so I went to the next idea where I was just going to host a bunch of files with really great comments and, you know, that already exists in the GitHub repo. 
Uh, so I, I said, all right, I've already have those things. You know, what can I do next on the next level? And that's where I kind of got the idea to just sort of break down, mm-hmm. you know, with like sort of like, and if you've ever done like a coding tutorial where you watch a video and like you kind of build a, you know, one file as you go through each lesson and it keeps getting bigger each time and you're supposed to just sort of learn as you go. So that was kind of the inspiration. So the first one is basically just what it's, I think the first lesson I called it bare, literally the bare minimum. What do you need to get, uh, a, get, you know, a script running and how do you initialize the player data and the different ways you could do that? You know, whether you put in, custom starting cards or you, you know, import the player that you, I mean, the character that you were using. So that, you mm-hmm. know, that's the first one. Um, yep. And then the second one, once you get it started, the second one talks about how to make custom action cards. Um, and when you're designing cards, there's like two huge poor portions. One is designing what the card looks like and the other part is how it functions. And I always find that the design, how to make it look correctly takes the most amount of time. Yeah. So I spent yeah. a large large time even with the card designing designer uh tool that we have now it still takes a long time to get it right so i i tried to do some tips and tricks and try to get that some more in an in a narrative re, you know read um, that way and so the next one i'm going to do is on items which is a lot like actions but i'm going to add a couple things like factions and some other stuff and so basically each one is supposed to be little you know mm-hmm. tidbits and eventually we'll get down the road where we're doing buffs because that's like lower level difficult when it comes yeah to, you want things that trigger on your opponent's turn to happen on your turn like a uh, like a ruinos the redeemed that's like one of the one of the harder things yeah to, no thanks uh, i barely understand how it works in the game more or less how, how to how to make it <laughs> um that let, let me just say too this the the lua lessons article that you have up here it's it's like a live updating resource, all right? So Warden has not only the links to the two articles you just mentioned, the bare minimum and custom action cards, uh, and an upcoming third lesson on custom item cards. He's also got the two other, uh, I think, uh, introductory orientation documents, the how to use Lua and how to make Lua content intro linked is there as well. So it's like a perfect resource and I think he's, you're, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Warren, but you're going to keep updating this, maybe add a few more lessons and any new um, links that come up. It'll all be here on this page. So it's a really good um, resource. It's an index, make, basically. Yeah, it's an index. And I'm going to make sure this nests into the Lua menu at the top of the Realms Rising website, which it's not doing right now, but I'll be able to fix that uh, when I get a chance. So this will be easily, act- even after time passes and it falls down the new content list, it'll still be right there at the top of the page, easy to access for everybody. So um, yeah, great stuff. Now, uh, uh, Tim probably has a few questions or comments to talk about Lua. He's probably our in-house Lua guy. He, he's he's the, <laughs> the Sparks and Rack Lua guy. But before, before that word, I just want to ask you, Uh, I know you've got the custom item cards lesson coming up next. Have you thought about any other future lessons or any other things you might want to work into this um, live updating resource you're putting together? Yeah, so the the first ones are going to be, you know, because you have your three different types of cards, your action, your item, and your champion. Um, Because a champion is, you play it, but it also kind of hangs around. So you have to learn how to like, well, what do you do if it's still out the next, you know, kind of how you, what do you Mm -hmm. do when it's stunned? Or there's some different aspects to it as opposed to just playing it. So those, that's going to be the next one. Um, Champions, okay. 
Yeah, and then the next one after that's probably unless I get distracted, but the, it's probably going to be um, kind of like buffs that take effect every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm, I'm trying to think of one. Um, well, a Ruinos buff happens every turn. Or no, you're talking about a buff. Uh, yeah, something well, like, that's more something that's built plate. in that happens every turn. Like, like the breast uh, Half demon passive, like an arena scenario where you like do an extra, you know, draw an extra card at the start of your turn or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see. But it happens all the time, and it's just always part of your your character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all that. Because that one doesn't have to have all of the applying code that goes with it. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Cool. And, and Ben, don't worry. No, we're not going to hold you to this. If you don't, you don't have to make yeah. it in this order. Do this stuff. But it's just ideas you have for future stuff. It's really great. Um, also, I just want to mention you also linked the uh, our, the Realms Rising Discord Lua channel on here as well, which is a good place to talk to people. And I know, um, like you guys are pretty good at communicating and sharing ideas and sharing resources. So, like, it's a really active, helpful community too for people who want to jump into it. Um, cool, Timmy. Do you have any points to talk about here while we're in Lua? Um, no, I, I want to say thank you for putting the documents together that you've done and write, writing that up. Because uh, when when the Lewis stuff was first released, I had started to do like a some video tutorial things. And I, I think I got about two of them done. Basically how to set up the uh, like VS code or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then how to pull the stuff up and start to do some coding. But I didn't get it. I have not had time to get into actually what all the stuff does according to the Lua documentation that they have and everything. It's nice to get some breakdowns here so that somebody that's interested in learning how to do this can have an easier time. And I know like for me, I have a little bit of like programming and coding background, but all my stuff is self-taught. Like I've never had like a college course or a high school course or any of that sort of stuff or worked in a job doing it. I taught myself some stuff, but like if you've done any web development or any sort of programming, Lua is pretty easy to learn, especially uh, when you're looking at it in this specific context, like you basically are using a lot of functions that, wise wizard has set up in this library for to use for Lua. Yeah. And so if you know, some programming basics, pretty easy to start to learn the Lua. I had to read through that document about a thousand times and ask some questions here or there, see some examples. And they, they were kind enough to share some examples of a few effects and they've done some more over time. And then we've compiled a lot of this stuff into a couple different GitHub repos that you can go through and see the comments and everything with that. And so, but having an actual like, you know, step-by-step guide on how to do some of this stuff will be really helpful for the people that are like, yeah, this looks interesting. I'm ready to get my feet a little wet into this, but I really don't know where to start. I've never done any programming or anything like this will do that because there's some concepts like you talk about like boolean arguments and some of that sort which is basically true false arguments that sort of thing like there there, there's two different ways it could go or uh you know if else sort of stuff those sorts of things like that are pretty basic and programming if you've never done any of that stuff you're you're like i i'm lost Mm -hmm. here and so like 
uh, once you learn some of that stuff and, and I, I've skimmed over your articles. I haven't had time to read through them real well myself, but, uh, they look, they look nice and they will be definitely a good starting point for anybody that's wanting to get into this. And, uh, especially like you said, link into the discord channel, looking at the GitHub repo. Um, there's a couple of old, uh, YouTube videos on our, uh, sparks and rec channel. Uh, if you need help setting the, the, you know, VS code or, uh, there, I, I think I went through a couple other options too on how you can do that stuff. So, um, but if you have that stuff done, then it's just really getting in there and messing around and messing stuff up. <laughs> Some of it, like yeah, getting your hands dirty. Yeah. And just experimenting yeah, yeah. with it. Yeah, and that's and right. so like, all these resources helps you to do that. And going in blind yeah. is really kind of daunting, isn't it? But having all the stuff to look at right. makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Have, having that. And then I also see like so many people that play Hero Realms that know nothing about programming or coding or anything that are, uh, well, how do I use these scripts and that sort of stuff? Like, yeah, like w- when there's basic questions like, how do I even load a script? Like, having good solid resources to do that is is wonderful so uh i applaud you for taking the time to actually put this stuff together because i i was intending to do a lot of that stuff and i haven't had time so i'm glad somebody else picked up that stuff and went with it so thank you very much for that yeah Yeah. so i don't make youtube videos or maybe i would have done that but Yeah, no, this is yeah, this is good too. Well, it's hard. Some of that stuff, it's hard to watch a YouTube video and like type stuff at the same time. So having a written uh-huh. account is probably best for a lot of this. Um, but that's that's why I actually have like you can just go download the script in its final uh-huh. form and load it and just go through it with the article and it's right there and you can run it. You don't have. It's not like one where you actually have to do the work yourself as you go, um, because I think one yeah. of the biggest biggest resources in this topic is there's no shit, you know, there's no shame in copying and pasting from somebody who knows what they're doing right. and then tweaking it. And that's basically how I learned, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I know that's how people like, uh, you know, our kennel learn too. Cause I think he also has no coding, but he's as, creating stuff. So as a professional software developer, that's exactly how yeah. it works. You uh, have some <laughs> sort of loose understanding of how it works. And then you copy paste it continuously. Um, and that's how I yeah, picked up loop scripting as well. So yeah. <laughs> But as Tim said, like a lot of the Lua language that the hero, like the Hero Realms engine portion, all uses its own Hero Realms functions. So you can't just Stack Overflow or Google the, you know, how right. to do this. You actually need somebody who knows how to work with the, yeah, the Hero Realms language, right? Hero yeah. yeah, great stuff, man. All right, um, without getting too, you know, too much bogged down in the weeds, the details. Let's kind of shift gears a little bit, Warden, and maybe you can take time just to highlight. And we've talked about them in the past. This wouldn't be the first time your characters or your creations have been mentioned here, but we have you here now, and maybe it'll be good for you to kind of <laughs> highlight. What are some of your favorite creations that you have made? And maybe just give us a brief overview of them and uh, also maybe create or raise awareness in our listeners and maybe get some more people clamoring to play them. Talk, tell us a little bit about, about your creation. Okay, so I'll start out with the one, like, okay, so quick, quick me history. Uh, I didn't play Hero Realms at all until basically the end of 2022 or whatever. I started listening to Sparks and Rec. So I listened to it a lot in one go. You know, I learned all the inside jokes. And and once I learned there was Lua, I just had this idea in my head that I had to go out there and make 
a Sparks of Recreation custom class. And so I just started logging. You know, I think at the time there was something wrong with the Lua engine. It wasn't yeah. working. Um, and so I had held off. Um, you know, and it, you know, it came from the, you know, the famous, you know, bird walking phrase that was always used. And it just kind of started from there. So that's why I made uh, my Sparks of Recreation uh, custom class um, that basically just has a lot of inside jokes for other, you know, for others. Hero Realm, Sparks and Nostradamus is in there. Bird walking is in there. Uh, all sorts of fun inside jokes. Blank to my blank. blank the, the blank to my blank is in there. Uh, and pl- yeah. it's fun to play, too. Like, it's actually a fun uh, character to play. So definitely I check that like out. it's like the most market-dependent class that ever existed because it's well, a lot of it. Part- I tried to do unique effects, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, healing based on what's in the market row and, Okay. You either win or lose very quickly. The, the bard <laughs> might argue with that, but I, yeah. point taken. Um, what about? Can we talk a little bit about your kobold ancestry? I know you made a tortle ancestry as well, but this was something we talked a lot, a little bit about. And you actually made it, and it's so much fun to play. Give us to get a little overview about the kobold ancestry that you created. All right, I got to start with an apology. Sorry, Tim. I tried, didn't have time to make a mind flare. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was listening to Sparks and Rec, you know, get a lot of great ideas. And I just sort of like, you know, I'm going to try that. Because I figure if I make something that somebody wanted, they would actually use it. Because I'd hate to make stuff and nobody wanted to use it. So, um, you know, I was just like, there's a lot of talk of custom ancestries. I think we had a Discord thread at one point for stuff. And I was just like, yep. you know, I can make one of these. I got some two great ideas. I started working with Jig and Double Dubs because they were the ones that wanted the turtle and the... Uh, Cobalt. Oh, gosh. Cobalt. Thank you. A little out of breath. Um, yeah. And I just started playing with it. And it's kind of hard to make a custom ancestry because... Yeah. Like, you, can't, you don't really have enough freedom. Like, you, some everything, a lot of great ideas would turn into a custom class. Or you mm-hmm. just kind of overbalance the, you know, you give it too much stuff and it's too strong compared to the other ones. So, you know, I started getting some feedback from Jigs and on the Cobalt and Double Dubs on the, on the Tortle and got some great ideas. So it's still technically not done. I just got Yeah, distracted. it's still a work in progress, but it's a lot of fun. And just, uh, I'll talk a little bit. I haven't played the Tortle as much, but I've played the Cobalt a few times and it's the, uh, I don't have the exact wording in front of me, but you basically can, your ability, your your ancestry ability is to summon a couple kobolds who do some damage and have some hit points. But when they're stunned, they disappear, their tokens, they disappear, but they actually draw cards for you. So they come out, do some damage, eat up a couple hit points, and then draw cards for you, which is a really cool, actually quite powerful mechanic if you know how to time it right. Uh, and there, there's a few other aspects to the to the ancestry as well, but it like it feels like kobolds a little bit, uh, which which I think you really nailed. So anyone who's interested in trying that kobold uh, ancestry script out, um, yeah. we'll, we'll have to post it. I'll post a few of them. I, I think I already did while we actually have been recording, but I'll post a few customs on yeah, the I'll link a chance. Too. And hopefully we can get some more people playing kobolds. Uh, Tortle, really quick. It's too bad Double Doves isn't here because it was his idea. Just give us a quick overview on the Tortle. Uh, so the Tortle starts basically, basically the idea was you win by not winning. Uh, and so it has a lot of health, 
but it has like the biggest negative I think of any um, ancestry, and that's that it has you can't wear armor, um, and okay. that's supposed to be Ouch. balanced by the fact that you know your ability is lessons learned, and like you know kind of like you make mistakes and you learn lessons, and like as your health goes down, the damage on your ability goes up to like twenty. And so it's kind of like when you're playing against the tortoise, you have to kind of chip out, chip away at him to, right to the end, and then like hold off before you get one shotted on the rebound, and then you got to take him out in one go. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's basically a living on the edge of how close to death can you get before you know you you know somebody gets too close. And it's got some cards in it that are um, I think it's voracious appetite, which like you eat champions and you gain health. So hmm. yeah, it's got some. Pretty cool. Very unique aspects that make it feel different than anything we've seen so far. And I wouldn't be surprised too if we end up seeing some of these mechanics in future iterations of characters or other or whatever we see in the future content. That's one thing that's really exciting to me about Lua is if the community gets involved, they put some of their ideas out in these scripts or whatever that Wise Wizard hopefully is intelligent enough to be like, hey, this was a really cool idea. We should use this officially in some upgrade or class or whatever thing that they do whether the person ever gets credit for it or not i don't think like i would ever really care but like it'd be cool so be like yeah they stole that idea from me real question here has wise wizard used any idea from realms rising other than the idea of health cap They've done some balancing ideas, I think. Uh, have they? Yeah. That have been I mean, that have actually been ideas that haven't been bastardizations of ideas. Okay, I, well, took, I retract that comment then. But I, I I think that would be the way that it would work as well. If there were if somebody wrote a script, and it was like this is real popular, cool script or whatever. Like, they're probably not going to copy it exactly. They would be yeah. like, oh, but but that kind of mechanic's cool. We could do that with our own twist on this stuff. So, so what yeah. what you're saying is we need people to mass play my Tithe Priest script so that we get the uh, <laughs> Tithe Priest in by, real life? By the way, shout out to that Tithe Priest script. That thing is so much fun to play. It's such a crazy way to play Hero Realms, but it's fun. I, I love the Tithe Priest script. Uh, uh, I think it loses replayability quite quickly, but it's it's, it's kind of gimmicky. Times you play it's, it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of a novelty, but it's fun. Yeah. And if you're a Tithe Priest fan like myself, <laughs> you will definitely get some pleasure from it. Um, guys, I don't want to uh, stay too yeah. long in Lua here. We've got a few more things to get through, but uh, Warren, do you have any final comments here before we uh, wrap up the segment? Uh just one. The one. The one other thing that I haven't talked. To, we haven't really mentioned thus far is the, the the, the Malvi named uh, my balance random script, which uh, is one mm-hmm. of the ones that Random knew himself loves playing so much that it ended mm-hmm. up on the custom list. But basically, anybody can play without needing me or anybody else who's got it to play. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's offered me some feedback on it a few times. You know, something about the health cap and stuff like that. But it's you know, it's a, it's. You know what? Every time I think of video game mods or being and stuff like that, usually somebody comes up with a great idea of let's just everybody go random and you know like uh, League of Legends, you got ARAM or you got different stuff. And I said it's just a natural evolution, I think, for most yeah. modded games to have a random thing. And I just want I, I wanted to, I wanted to do that. And so my first iteration was just totally random. 
and it had awkward things like having ranger abilities with no arrows and no knives, knives and mm -hmm. no heroes for resurrects. And so I just kind of went around and tweaked it a little so that you get a little bit more uh, cohesive, less, cohesive, yeah, a little bit more. Cohesive. Yeah, it's all it's batched. You kind of get an ability, then you get starting cards based on that ability that matches the class, and then it goes from there all the way up to level fourteen. Yeah, it's a oh, super cool way to play Hero Realms because it totally every game is different. You never know what you're gonna get. Um, it's kind of like recording an episode of Sparks and Rec. We never know <laughs> if Sam is going to show up or not. It's kind of like it's kind of like that, except with your or, character skills and abilities. You or never know or if there's get. any cat rectums in the background, you know. <laughs> As well, yeah. Yeah. good but shout out there. Good. Definitely check yeah. that out for sure. Yeah. yeah. To to start, you get five gold, and but every one of those gold has like a ten percent chance to be a ruby. And I think the most number of those, I've actually gotten four rubies to start once. Oh, wow. I literally just yeah, wanted okay. to concede to the other person because I felt bad because it was very <laughs> <Yeah>. quick. <laughs> so count your I rubies when you start. And you I kinda, didn't know you did that with the rubies. That's cool. A 10% chance to get a ruby. Yeah. But I, I actually hosted a, a, an event with the script um, uh -huh. and just basically gave the opportunity for the winner to actually like come up with a name and a title to add it because the, the player names and titles are randomized. And Noodle won that, so Noodle the Brawl Master went in there. But the way that Lua Engine works, you get a brand new name and avatar every time you load the game because it's a little, yeah, it doesn't remember the old one. I mean, so it's, uh, okay. it's kind it's of hilarious. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to host that one again. Some, you know, some point in the future, we'll, we'll do it again and add some more uh, community uh, winners to that. that yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll definitely plug it when you do here on, on the podcast as well. All right. Um, Guys, let's keep them rolling. We could keep going on Lewis some more here, but let's head in to the monthly madness meta mashup meeting segment. Coming <laughs> on All right. Uh, this uh, month on the monthly meta mashup, we're January 2024, new year, new meta. And we've had two exciting things. We've got level 16 for the first time in the arena. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised about how many games there are in Hero Helper uh, for the arena. So it's actually a pretty good data set. Uh, mm -hmm. And the other thing we've got is um, Fighter and Cleric Ancestries have hit the retail environment for the first time. So again, got quite a bit of data, a lot to dig into. Uh, I think we'll go for arena first. It's... Mm. It's the new one. It's the exciting one. We've never talked about it before as much as, you know, Fighter and Cleric have been around in the beta environment. Like, we, we, we've, we've talked about that a little bit. But level 16 upgrades. Um, I will preface by saying that, unfortunately, we have no way to track what upgrades were taken or um, what abilities there are, what everyone's starting health were. Because I know a lot of people will say experimenting with, double, with the double ability fighter. Um, you know, we've got no way to compare whether double ability fighter does better than single ability fighter, for example, right. with double health. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, we just don't have that visibility. Uh, maybe that's something that they could give us, let us see in the future, but uh, all of that data is uh, <laughs> encrypted, so we can't look at it. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Wait, wait, hold on. All right. So I, I, I want to say something real quick. Yep. And I will say the week that that was going on was probably their most popular week of arena because I could get a match like nothing else that whole week. And other than like the first week or two, it's been way harder to get 
arena matches. So uh, I think as far as getting people playing arena, that's a good way to do it. Is it the best way to get data? I don't know. We'll see. But Yeah, and I mentioned... Uh, well, I'll, okay, I'll jump in and say my two pieces here because <laughs> I mentioned this on the Discord as well. I think it's great that they're using arena like this. It's a great idea. Everybody gets to try it. People, it boosts the visibility arena, et cetera, et cetera. If that's the only way they're going to be testing the level 16 stuff, I have some questions about it. I'm not sure it's the best way to focus all of your data on. Uh, right. But what, what, what do I know? Uh, I just hope they there's other venues to test the level 16 stuff. That, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's um, kind of where my concern was. I, I feel like this would have been a great opportunity rather than level 16. Not that I wasn't excited to see the material. I really was. Why are we not, why are they not using arena earlier on maybe some of the ancestors, or I guess ancestry is not the next thing to come out. So what, why are you not using the, whatever the next release is going to be to get massive data influxes from people who are not beta users on things before you release it into current content. Like if you're wanting to make those last minute tweaks, Oh, we didn't notice this. This was going to be a little more imbalanced than we actually Mm -hmm. realized. Once we saw it on a bigger scale, we'll tweak it a little bit. And then two, three weeks, a month later, you're releasing it in to, to, Mm -hmm. to thing. And, And so why didn't that happen with the cleric and fighter ancestries? Why weren't they the first things to go through arena rather than level 16, which will disappear and we won't talk about it for two months. And then they'll finally <laughs> surprise we've released 16. So I don't know. It, it just seemed random and I'm excited. It was fun for the one run I got to do. Cause I didn't have time, but <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Well, no, yeah, I agree. And let me just piggyback off that. I played, I was talking with Tim earlier and I counted, I played nine games in arena uh, and then it ran out of time and then I, I couldn't play it anymore. If they had been doing async versions of that level 16 stuff, I, I'm sure I would have finished at least like 30, 40 games if I had been all in at least. Right. So like yeah. they're getting, they're getting a lot less from me as a player, but that's because I'd like to play async more and I just don't have time for real team. But, you know, I, I, that said, Filter just said he's surprised by the number of data or I, games that, that are in there. So I, I, I would be, I would be, and this is a complete guess on my part, but I'd be willing to bet they get more data doing something like that with the real time arena because more casual players, newer players, they almost always try to play real time games. But that, okay, that that, that I, and let me finish. They're going to get more data that way. They're going to get less data from the community and the more uh, competitive Veteran players. players. Yeah. Yes, this okay. which yeah. sucks. Which will, in my opinion, leads to flawed data and and at least part of it. That said, yeah, there were there are plenty of community community members that had more time. I think I got 15 to 20 games in, which is probably more than I would have done async in that week. Granted, if they kept it in beta for longer, something like that, I would have gotten a lot more async games in. 
but in just a week, like arena is not made for async games. And I don't think they're going to be changing arena to no, async not do it, at no. all. So no, not at all. And I don't think, I don't think they should. That's not what arena is for. Yeah. I think there should be some testing in 48 I'm not arguing against Arena, by the way. I would. Ne- I think it's great yeah. to have that mode. I'm just saying and that's the only way you're testing a certain aspect of I new agree content. 100%. Yes. Yeah. You, you're you're going to be missing a lot of data, especially from the most competitive and active players. And you're going to be looking at flawed or skewed data. Yeah. It also yes. wouldn't surprise me if they were trying to see if the Arena testing was going to be successful by putting um, completely brand new stuff in there and seeing how many people would bite. Right. And they did. I think they saw the result. It was, we all yeah, did yeah. how easy it was to do that. All right. Uh, Joel, um, basic, they, Joel basically confirmed that they get the most real-time games out of any other type of game. Warden, yeah. do you remember? I think he said like 70% of games in the last month were real-time or something. He dropped a I tried very stuff. hard for a few, like an hour after he posted those stats to poke holes in it. I tried. But it, you, it was still you know, pretty... I, I know from like the way Star Realms has gone and that sort of stuff, and the way I've seen stuff from Wise Wizard, so many players that aren't the super active community members play real time games. Yeah. They and don't want to play these forty eight yeah. hours right. And so that's that's what they're gonna balance for more than for the yeah. the players like the cat or Cooper here who are 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 really good players and they're going to break the game figuring stuff out or even me and jig like you know we've played so many games and and warden any community member but like that's not where they make their money they've already gotten their money from us <laughs> yes and so yeah. and so I, I I understand the way they do stuff. I don't like the way they balance things. I think we've made that clear on our podcast before. That said, it is what it is. Yeah. I hope they uh, balance stuff well and they get more than just a week of arena to get data. I hope. Yeah. Um and I think now's probably a good time to actually look at the data. Um yeah. so the first thing I will say <laughs> yeah. is oh, that yeah. Uh, I, it looks like from, so keep in mind, we only get data from people who've signed up to hero-helper.com. That's hero-helper.com. No www, just hero-helper.com. If you sign up, it'll track all your games, all your stats. You'll be able to see everything forever and all of your data will get logged with, uh, into the hero helper database and we'll be able to get a better picture of everything that's happening. Um, I think it's, I think we can probably go out on a limb and say that, the beta people are more likely to be signed up to Hero Helper than uh, the people who don't have beta. Um, yeah. We can probably say that it's a more engaged audience. You know, we see a lot of the people in the beta queue in Realms Rising, and I know that all of them are that I've seen are signed up to Hero Helper. So um, I think it's we're, we're pretty confident saying that. Uh, the level 16 arena in Hero Helper had about as many games as three weeks of beta content. So we've got a bunch of people not playing who aren't signed up to Hero Helper who are in this queue. Uh, And we've also got a bunch of people who probably don't have beta access that are just playing the arena. So Mm -hmm. the data that we're getting here is better than anything that get out of beta. It's going, it's not going to be elite. Beta data is always going to be elite player skewed. Um, However, what you, to make balancing decisions, you need volume more than you need the elite player skewed. Just because even if things are elite player skewed, you know, 
the data is just too small to make good decisions. Um, so well, let's get that out of the way. The data size here is it's good. This is something they are going to do going forward because they get a lot more data out of it than they do the beta queue. Um, anyway, win rates. This is what we're all excited for, isn't it? Um, I posted this up ahead of time to everyone. Uh, we've got the fighter first. Uh, it's just what spat out of my script uh, at a 53.55% win rate. Mm. Pretty good. For the yeah, fighter, it's really good, yeah. Yeah. Win rate against Cleric going up, against Wizards going up, uh, Thief about the same as always, Ranger the same as always. So it's doing better against Cleric, it's doing better against Wizard. That's good. So, That's really good. Likes it. Honestly, double ability probably does it. I don't think any Wizard wants to see a fighter sitting there with 20 damage they can pop at any time, uh, especially right. with 60 starting health. That is very quick. Okay, um, time out really quick. Wait, before I know you're going to keep going on here, but Alex, I know you played or maybe you mentioned playing the, the double ability fighter in the arena. Can you just give us a quick impression? Uh, I did not. I played against two of them oh, and played against them. Okay. beat the snot out of both of them because I was playing uh, a <laughs> lift, lift boots thief, okay. and yeah, well. it was embarrassing. So, okay. I, also, I also know to use my ability every turn against them, so I think that's the difference. Like, whenever it says that the data went up against Cleric, Again, we're not talking about elite players who know the how do you beat fighter. I don't know. You just don't you die against them. Yeah, <laughs> like you just heal every turn. That's it's not that hard. They weren't healing every turn. I can guarantee yep. you that. I wasn't watching the games. I wasn't there. That you failed as I, a cleric. You didn't do I, your one job. <laughs> failed as a cleric. As as, as 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 I have seen from playing many many games as a fighter or many many games as a cleric or whatever when when i win against a cleric as a fighter it's because they're not healing and that person doesn't know to, that they need to heal every turn or against a thief they pick misdirect instead of distracted exchange or lift that will give them the edge in the healing and so uh if they're not healing every turn they die so that that and that's an inexperienced thing. That doesn't mean that it's a better balance, but overall in the numbers, it's going to show is a better okay. change. Right. So none of us filter. And you, you said you didn't play much arena. Yeah, you I, play I played much. two games of arena. Both of them I was playing with double ability fighter. Uh, I killed a wizard on turn eight. It was looking like turn six for a second, but they healed <laughs> just enough to not die. Um, and then uh, I beat a cleric on, I think it was turn 16 because they... <laughs> didn't Didn't pop they had divine res and they were sitting at like i hadn't popped either abilities they were sitting at about 30 hp and they didn't pop it um and then i i did overkill them by like 12 i think it was but they also didn't skill that turn so if they divine res skilled i might have killed them maybe two four turns later at that point but they missed healing quite a bit over the course of the game so okay and what was your strategy was your strategy to burn your so you weren't burning your abilities to reach for cards you were saving them uh, well, I'm playing fighter, so my one ability does 12 damage and one ability gets 8 damage. Um, I was burning oh, my abilities. The draw. Okay, you didn't do the draw abilities. Yeah, no. Okay. no. It, it's just basically you go more aggro with the fighter. Yeah. Damage go burr. Okay, That's the so way the fighter is. Yes. <laughs> yes, that. I was thinking you do the double draw plus the single draw, and then you get oh. one turn where you get three no, extra you, draw. No. You, you, you don't have enough points to get the um, to go deeper into the ability tree. 
Not yet. Um, at level, uh, that's like, level that, that'll 16. That'll be at 24 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you could do it at level uh, 18 right. if you didn't take any health upgrades. Yep. So yep. at level 16 right, with okay. no health upgrades, you can get the 8 damage ability and the 12 damage ability. Yeah. That's 20 damage, and everyone who is not a cleric or a lift thief is quivering in fear. Yep. Um, except I for think... the fighter that took 2 HP upgrades. They're not. Yeah. I think it's a good you point you brought up the health upgrades because at level 16, that's the big... Everybody's got yeah. two abilities and no health upgrades. So it's actually kind of swings it back to the fighter, you know, a fighter or I guess eventually barbaric, like somebody else's more aggro yep. lane because nobody's I, got those mm-hmm. health. The the fighter I played in arena, I picked uh, health upgrades. And I think I just had like the, you can take out a three or less guard or something. Yeah, that's the, what it is. The, the ability one. upgrade that sucks. Um and I did okay. I didn't win six games in the arena. I'm sure that's not the most optimal way, but if I'm fighting, if I'm playing in a mirror, I'm going to like that build over the double ability. Yeah. Yeah. Double so, ability is so, just really good in terms of everything else you're playing against, yep. but it makes well, you the mirror much worse. And so yep. here's, here's how I've always stood on aggro. Aggro should never be the best. It should not be the most balanced, and it should not be the best build right. in the game but it, it should be good enough like 45 47 percent something like that that it's it's healthy and it's a test you so that exactly you have to respect, have it. To respect it needs it. to be yes. it needs to you need to have an aggro check to keep everything else in balance. because if you don't then then you, you get we wizards get the, and we get the meta we've had for the last i don't know year <laughs> of this game where yeah <laughs> And we're going to talk about this later in Echoes of Valor. Whenever it's it's wizards, that's it. That's that's all that yeah. is winning right now, and it's stupid. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Filter. Keep going. Anyway, to Birdwalk. Speaking yeah. of wizard, forty nine percent win rate. I, um, again, aggro checked. Uh, it's also lost percentage points against thief. Um, so mm-hmm. in the arena, thief was beating wizard, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Which, I, yeah. It feels like that. Thief if, felt really it, good it, to me. If you told me that a month ago before we saw the arena, when we knew what the level 16 upgrades were before arena, the thief would beat wizard, I'd tell you you're dreaming. Um, I, but here we are. I love those I, rubies. Those burnable lo- rubies are awesome. I, I, liked th- I liked Thief most in arena in that week of the classes I played. I only played three games That's with it, I, I loved it. Yeah. The level 16 Thief is actually, like I think, is unique out of all the levels. Okay the OGs that were in this arena, because when you look at the, you know, the second ability that most of the other classes get, it's kind of more of the same of what they already have. But for the thief, you get a, you, know, you get a skill from your opponent back. It actually, you know, the way they're, the, the abilities upgrade is you go from acquire, acquire, steal, acqu- you know, acquire, acquire. So now you have a smooth heist and a stealing thief on top of the, you know, the actual 15 treasure. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. now I have to worry about, Blocking the smooth heist and protecting my cards—it's yeah. kind of like completely chaos. And as <laughs> long as you don't it. kill against double ability fighter, you're looking all right. Yeah. Nope, because yeah. it doesn't matter. You run lift. Yeah, yeah. lift. Yep. I mean, that's uh, no. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I ran both. Yeah. I ran the steel and I ran smooth heist, and they never got close because I lifted yeah. every single turn. It, it was not. It, there was no. You know, it was very. Uh, I respected their damage, and I Disciplined. was very you play, determined. Discipline—that's the word. God, I couldn't find it. 
disciplined lifting yeah. every turn, and they never yeah. got close. I think I dropped up 20 HP at some point in time, but they had already burned their abilities, so, you know. I'd, I'd love to play that matchup once we have access to it, because I don't... I personally don't see how a thief with 52 health, even with lift, survives against double ability, uh, unless it gets Imperial in the market. And, and I will tell you that in both of those games, I did find Imperial in both those yeah. games. But again, with Smooth Heist, you steal two cards are out of the market immediately. If you buy yeah. any damage, even like a Ruby might even be worth heisting just to take the three damage out of your deck, if that's your whole entire thing. I don't know. It, again, this is where people who don't know what they're doing versus elite players, it makes a huge difference in your mm-hmm. win rate. Against I, I, will, I will say it, it. I think it's a more interesting matchup at 16 than it is at 12 or 14. Fully agreed. So I will give yeah. it that. Yeah. Better yeah. balance or not, I don't yeah. know, but it's more I interesting. A, I'm yeah. very much looking forward to the chaos. And that's yeah. exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. Level 16 Thief does. It is kind of a slower start if you usually do like a, you know, acquire a cost of two, like a level 14 with two abilities where you can acquire a cost of two card, you know, and but, then mask it and then smooth heist. But when you do the two abilities, you lose that. So you do have to kind of replay so the, the, the opening. The, the other thing oh. is you don't have to go to abilities. You can get some health upgrades in there too. And then your matchup against aggro is even better. So if that's what you're worried about at at level 16, you take a health upgrade and it's going to help that aggro matchup. And keep your armor on him. Yeah. Um, How how about Rangers? Can you talk? uh, Did Rangers see any improvement? Uh, Yeah, it did see improvement. Um, It's got a better matchup against Wizard uh, and Cleric uh, with the upgrades. Um, I think that's mainly just because the Wizard upgrade isn't great. Like the Ranger upgrade is actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. I wasn't able to play it, so I'm kind of disappointed. It, um, it felt decent. It felt decent for yeah. the ranger. What yeah, is the upgrade? In theory, it should really help with cleric. Uh, you can top deck a champion with on yeah. the horn and calling. Okay. Yeah, that's in, good. In, in particular, speed. that should really help the cleric matchup. Or, um, or the other it, option it was slower play. Was like reduce the cost by two or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, so you can top deck or reduce cost by two. So those will help in the slower matchups. Um, mm-hmm. It's win rate against uh, Fighter and Thief stays low. Um, And as much as it has a better win rate against Wizard, it's still sub-50. So it's still not looking great, but it's not looking as bad as it does at level 14. So it's improving. And maybe if it gets another good upgrade at level 18 and 20, it'll be looking all right. Uh, But we'll see when we get there. Um, Cleric's next. We'll save Thief for last. Um... So Cleric's win rate has stayed the same. However, its matchup against Thief is worse. Its matchup against Fighter is worse. And its matchup against Ranger is worse. And its matchup against Wizard hasn't changed. The only reason the Cleric's win rate has stayed the same is because the win- Wizard's play rate and the Thief's play rate has dropped dramatically. Um... So the Cleric is the, is the worst class. Its win rate hasn't changed compared to level 14. But because more people playing fighter and more people are playing ranger, just because people want to play fighter and ranger, its win rate has stayed the same. What percentage of their games were against fighters? Twenty uh, percent mirror excluded. So, which is they... 
less than what it is on uh, the retail so, environment. And their win rate against fighters was what? Uh, 55. Okay. And it yeah, should that just be, means... what, like it... 75, 80? Um, so it was, yeah. it's traditionally been 70 to 75 uh, yeah. in her helper data. So the win rate, the win rate change is... No, because it's still the same. Like the people it's playing the production, it's player the same base that you're looking. We're still looking. We're comparing to if what you're the looking at hero helper data. At, you know, uh, right. a month ago, we're, we're, we're not comparing. We're not looking at the beta data here. We've always been looking at production. Yeah. The people playing production are still playing against the same people. Changing it to arena hasn't changed that. Um, but the the opponents that I well, the again, opponents. I only played. Yeah. I played nine was, times on Arena, and I didn't recognize a single opponent I played out of those nine people. So what's funny is that whenever I played my Thief, the two players I lost against, guess who they were? They were people in Realms Rising. The, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, hey, I know you, and now I'm actually like have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but if you're queuing random non-beta games... You're you're much more likely to get paired up with a player that isn't from the community that you don't know. Well, yeah, and that's the, the data that is async. async I, most of the people I uh, match up with in the retail async I know at this point because I, I see most of the same players uh, a lot. We've mentioned some of them here, but in that arena queue, it was literally out of the nine people I played, I and, recognized nobody. Here, here's the other thing that I would say is I don't know how their matching algorithm works for 48 hour games or for real time games or whatever, but I'm guessing for like arena, it's just matching you up as quick as possible. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas um, I know there's other stuff in the algorithm for 48 yeah. hour. Games. And 48 yeah. hour, they try to match you against people who are playing at the same rank that you prestige and rank. Also. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. of prestige? that. Stuff. Yep. Or maybe not prestige, but no, rank, no, I don't think prestige. it's just rank, and then yeah. they over time they increase the window. Which yep. is what you're looking at, as they and, and I, th- I think there's some other stuff in there as well. But I, I, I do it. know that also, if you have a current game running against somebody, they eliminate them from the search queue. Yeah, and I, I, and this is just a gut guess, and this is me bird walking a little bit here, but uh, um. I think if you have queued up like 30 plus 48 hour games, they start to prioritize you lower in matches and players that have less games. Probably. And also if you're already matched up with a player in one or two games, I don't think you can match up with them again, which Uh, it's it's based off hero, not player as well. I should add. Yeah, It is based off hero. And if you, so the, the way that oral explained this a while back was if for whatever reason, because there is a delay in the server. So if Matt, if you and I queued up five of the same hero at the exact same time, we could theoretically get five games against each other mm-hmm. because they all hit the queue mm-hmm. at the exact same right. time. Before it and registers, we yeah. hadn't eliminated each other from our queue yet. But the moment yeah. you start a game, anything, any new games that you queue up, anybody you're playing against, uh, playing a game against, right. gets eliminated from your new queue. So. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Yeah. So the final one to look at is Thief. Uh, in the window bracket we're looking at, Thief had a favorable matchup against everything, uh, and it finished with a fifty-seven point five four percent win rate. Um, yeah. Its worst matchup was the Mirror, uh, and then second worst matchup was Fighter um, at fifty-three percent, and Wizard at fifty-six point five percent. 
and and I will say I saw an awful lot of like misdirection thieves in the yeah. queue and some of that mm-hmm. stuff that we People don't see love misdirection thief. I know, I can't but you know what? Them. When yeah. I've played in the production app against random people and I don't get paired against somebody in the community, I see misdirection a lot more. And that's yeah, true, yeah. arena or not. I just see it more quicker in arena when I'm playing more games there real time. So. You get a lot of greedier builds, period. Yep. With yep. with people who aren't in Realms Rising. Let's just say what, right. what it is. Well well like you like you said, like if you're playing a thief and you're playing against a double ability fighter, uh if you have lift and you heal every turn, you at least have a pretty good matchup there. I wouldn't say yeah. that it's necessarily always favored for you. Depending on the market, it could go wrong. Yeah. But that's how that should be balanced, right? In my if opinion. Get, if they get an you, Elven they Curse should... turn one, you're probably gonna lose. It is what it is. And like, in the I would love to see that sort of balance against the healing classes for an aggro class. That if I get lucky, I can beat a good player of equal skill. Right. Yeah, that's how it aggro. should be. Yeah. As it, it is, luck as it is should now, be able to swing in your favor. As it is now, if you're playing aggro like a fighter or a barbarian, and you're Zero playing chance. a cleric or a thief, if I'm the cat, I remember playing in the queue against you and I kept queuing fighter and you kept queuing cleric and I couldn't win one out of 20 games. Oh my God. It was so bad. <laughs> it was horrible. You, you were, you were the first person to break my cleric streak, by the way. Yeah. But uh, like, I, I remember counting it out. I had like 60 some odd games against fighter and Tim was the the one fighter who managed to draw all the sacrifice and he, I just, yeah. I had nothing. But, and, it was it was, it was one in twenty five games or something, yeah, and so it's like really, it, it's like it felt horrible chance. for me. I may have pulled it off, but like when I play against a random cleric, I I feel like I might have a chance if I get lucky. But when I play yeah. against a good cleric, if I'm playing against Jig or Noodle or Decat or Eindeluth or whoever, I don't feel like I have a chance because yeah, they don't unless I get tremendously lucky. Yeah, and that can happen, but it's very very. But it's um, very rare, and, and I don't feel, little, I don't like that balance. But it's because it's not balanced. Because it's not good. Yeah, it's not balanced. Yeah, it is not balanced by definition. Yeah. But but they look at the the overall numbers, and they say, well, you win forty percent of your games against cleric. Well, yeah, because they suck, and I should beat them anyway. All right. Um, really quick, <laughs> Filtro, Sorry, can you rant. give us? Can you shine the light on how um, ancestry clerics and and fighters have been doing it all? Do you have any data on that? Uh, yeah. So that's been around for about three weeks now, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got enough data to actually start looking at things. Uh, let's start Ooh, off really? with the losers of the patch. Uh, human fighter is the worst thing in the game right now. Um, turns out that having having a matchup that's uh, bad to all other ancestry fighters plummets your win rate. Uh, Ranger really hasn't liked anything that's going on either. Um, it again, it just loses to the ancestries pretty much. Uh-huh. Um, and this human cleric, how's that doing? Yeah, human cleric's doing fine, um, just because there's more fighters, I think. Uh, anyway, uh, so. <laughs> Human wizard. Um, oh, Alex has gone shirtless. Of course he has. Um, <laughs> we hit the 80 minute mark, guys. You know what's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah. Um, human wizard, the plague, the scourge of the meta. 
Uh, it's now down at a 49.83% win rate. Um, the stat that really stands out here, uh, where is it? Uh, a 16% win rate against Ogre Fighter. Um, that'd do something. Mm-hmm. That'd do that to the human wizard. Wow. I helped with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm helping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it looks like we live in a new meta now. Human wizard isn't the thing that takes over and destroys everything. Instead of living in human wizard, it beats everything. And then there's like a few other things clustered down below it. We now live in what's called the rock, paper, scissors meta, where we have human wizard, ogre fighter, cleric, and they're in a triangle against each other, where the ogre fighter dumps this human wizard, the human wizard absolutely dumps this cleric, and then the cleric absolutely dumps this ogre fighter. It's just a triangle. And then there's a few other fighters, ancestry fighters floating around in that ogre fighter sort of bracket. Human Mm -hmm. thief is somewhere in the middle of it all. Uh, and then mm. Ranger and Cleric are just, and then sorry, and then Rage is just sitting out back having a beer, uh, not trying to. Ranger is so <laughs> bad, guys. I have consistently been beating Rangers with Half Demon Cleric in the in the retail queue. Like that's pretty, bad. That's pretty bad. regular. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll just do it every quick. single time. So Darwin <laughs> yeah. loves his Human Ranger in the uh, in the beta queue with mm-hmm. uh, whatever the plus two damage on the bracers the brace he plays it with bracers too and what are you doing man why are you here like (laughs) i mean i i appreciate what you're trying to do but and maybe he wins he has to win somewhere just not against me in the beta queue and uh, anyways i mean i think he used misdirection on his thief too so yeah i lost to a misdirection thief from darwin uh last night it felt sad well i mean here's the thing misdirection is greedy and so if you're not playing aggro guess what Greedy's gonna win yeah i was playing a monk and he um got uh what's what's her face uh lumina gray main on like turn four yeah Uh, and then that snowballed into buying an arcus snowballed into buying a grok like yeah. yeah. Yep. It's got a lot of really well, and, good, powerful champions. And it's great. Yeah. And yeah. great, but it worked. <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot of shame in losing to the guy that designed the game originally. Yeah. No. So, I mean, you, you, you got to be like. Uh, you know where there's shame? Seen... You design the game and then you get obliterated. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I checked my stats against him. I'm greater than 80% win, right? So. Shout yeah. out to Darwin. Yeah, I would say mine's really good, Happy too. Happy New Year, Darwin. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. We love Thank you, Darwin. Thank you for the game. We appreciate it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I do also like to see though that like when I see like Rob and Darwin and some of the guys playing that they, they play some weird builds sometimes because that's what they have fun playing. Yeah, yeah, and they're testing it out too. I think they're trying to see yeah. if it's viable and if it, if they can figure out to see. It. It's good to see it for sure. Are you testing it if you've played the same build since no, no alpha? Okay, well, well, maybe it's an like, ongoing lateral test. Yeah, it's an ongoing. That's, that's I, would, I would buy into you have fun with it, but you're not testing anything at that I, point. I, in time. I think I think that's how they like to play it, and so that's what they play yeah. rather Just than don't balance anything. Right. Which which is why they, but it's fun. The game can still be a lot of fun. I don't think it's the best balanced. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Um, back to our ancestries yep. in production. Uh, yes. I'm just going to start <laughs> spit firing the uh, win rates that I'd say have enough numbers to talk about. Um, so we've got human fighter at 25.4%. Um, two thumbs up, participation medal. Let's move on. Um, 
Ogre Fighter at 67.42%. Uh, it's the top dog in the meta. Uh, it's beating everything except Cleric. Safe to say. it just That's just what Ogre Fighter does. It beats everything except Cleric. Um, Half Demon Fighter, some, for some Ooh. reason, is the most played fighter in the patch. I don't know what's happening. No one was playing during beta. I, I, I'm confused. It's got a 63.45% win rate. Good on it. It's it's being played a lot. It's got a really high win rate. This is this is what happens when you move to production. You get weird data you don't see in the beta because we're all so focused on the cookie cutter. Uh-huh. Um, on things that work. Apparently, well. Half Demon Fighter is really good. <clears throat> never saw that. I mean, Here we go. Like this, you know, this makes really makes me think. I have to double check all the advice I get from this podcast. <laughs> I definitely remember I, hearing, "Don't play yeah. Half Demon Fighter." <laughs> when on, when I played Small Folk Half Wizard, Demon. still doesn't exist. So, yeah. you know, like, calm down. Don't get too excited, you know. Yeah. Um, Half Demon's Fighter's matchup spread is it's pretty much good against everything except Cleric. Uh, so it's it's got the same matchup spread as the Ogre Fighter. Its win rate is a little bit worse. Um, other fighters not being played enough to make a call on them right now. Um, from the very limited data we have, they all look better than Human Fighter. So that, Not a surprise, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Human Wizard at 49.83%. Again, loses to it's losing to Ancestry Fighters and beating everything else. Same as it, same as basically what same we'd expected. Yeah. Uh, the Ancestry Fighters have pushed the matchup. Like the Human Fighter, Human Wizard matchup still pretty 50-50, but the Ancestry Fighters mm-hmm. have massively pushed the matchup in the Ancestry Fighter favor. So it's now looking like 75-25s okay. instead of 50-50s. So... Uh, human cleric at forty three percent win rate. Um, awful. Yeah, it's doing well against fighter, and that's carrying its win rate. Uh, it's losing. <laughs> human cleric is losing to ancestry clerics. Uh, it's still losing to thief. It's still losing to wizard. Uh, but there's enough ancestry fighters floating around that its win rate's being kept up. Um, what else do we have? Makes sense. Yeah, ancestry clerics. I want to hear about them. Yep, uh, Half Demon Cleric is at 50.4% win rate. Um, it's pretty much got the same matchup spread as Human Cleric, except the numbers are a little bit higher everywhere. What's the uh, Elf so, Cleric? Uh, not enough games to make a call. Oh, dang it. I gotta play more games then to get more data. Mine's still yeah. at level four. It doesn't surprise me, because I haven't really seen any Ancestry Clerics in my queue. Because I've got I used theory. to keep a bunch of human thieves to try to draw them out before my ogre fighter goes up, but like none. All right, <laughs> yeah. who can create more time so I can play more elf cleric? Yeah, if so we... that I can see if this works the way that I think it will in my brain. Uh, but yeah, so half demon cleric is doing better than human by about ten percent. Um, it still has an unwinnable matchup against wizard. It still has an unwinnable matchup against thief, but the thief matchup's not as unwinnable, and the matchup against more importantly, the clerics uh, and the ranger too, right? Yeah, so it's got a better matchup against cleric. It's got a better matchup against ranger, and it's got a better matchup against fighter. So half demon cleric stonks up in everything that's not a wizard. Um, Enjoy it now, guys, before the other ancestries come yeah. out and the yeah. clerics. You basically handed a machine gun to two of your classes, and the other ones are still dealing with crossbows. So, yeah. you know, yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Enjoy it while you can. And, and a, 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 wizard, a wizard with a crossbow still beats a cleric with a machine gun 85% <laughs> of the time. So. <laughs> a wizard why with a machine gun. Why is that not fixed yet? Why is that not fixed yet? 
Coop, Thanks I think you, you found the subtitle for your next uh, monthly matchup <laughs> mashup right up. Wizard with crossbow beats cleric with machine yeah, gun one. Basically, yes. Um, it does make you wonder if the like the cleric and the fighter interest the art because that was no. what was holding up production. Like, were these actually right. done first, or were these put together just so that the fighter wouldn't just roll everything over? No, here's here's what here's Wise Wizard's logic on all this. They're gonna look at this and go, "Look, humans fine. Like, it can handle everything." You don't. It, it's not weaker than the other uh, ancestries. Don't worry mm. about it. Yeah, um, I feel bad for the humans. <sighs> Human ranger at thirty point five two percent win rate. Um, so that is lower than it was beforehand. Uh, it's just like always, it loses to everything. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> human, human thief is at fifty one point. I don't feel bad for Ranger Man. They had the they had the the top spot and the spot. That was a long time forever. ago, though. But, now, but, I, but, I think it's okay to feel bad know, for them. I know. And you was my rant earlier. Like, why nerf something and then change it? Yeah, like, it, it, immediately. Like, it was it was dominant for what eight months, and yeah. then you're like, okay, well now we're gonna nerf it, and then we're gonna nerf it harder by making it suck more. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Anyways. I, yeah. yeah. Human Thief uh, at 51.07% win rate. Um, I haven't really looked at its matchups. It's kind of exactly what you'd expect, honestly. Um, yep. It's losing to Ogre Fighter. I still feel really good with the Human Thief, yeah. Yep. I still feel really strong with it. Yeah. It's losing to Ogre and Half Demon Fighters. Um, it's beating Human Fighters. Uh, and it it's still pretty similar. Like, it's beating the Ancestry Clerics still. Um, mm. So... The kind, I think the kind of the way you have to look at Thief in terms of matchup spread is that it's Wizard Light. Um, yeah. It's got the same matchup spread as Wizard, but it's a little bit more crowded towards the middle. It's not quite as extreme as yeah. Wizards are, just because Wizard absolutely rolls Cleric. It, it's a little bit more balanced. It's not quite as much. It, yeah. Thief is probably the best balanced class in the game. It, right it is. But, yeah. I mean, I think Data has supported that for a very long time, that it's even though people complain about it because they hate being discarded, it's the it's actually the only balance class that exists. When the Ancestries came out, I actually queued up like a boatload of thief, human thief games because my thought was is that it was going to play well into all the fighters and clerics, and then we had that bug that was crashing, and I actually oh, had yeah. lost a lot of rank to timeouts because I couldn't get games played. So it kind oh, of yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> that backfired, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a roundup of uh, the meta at the moment. Uh, right. Wizards, yeah. Wizards going to get their ancestries. We're going to be in hell again. But until then, we get to enjoy <laughs> some more some more variety that the retail environment probably hasn't seen for a very long time. So, yeah, and I'll just yeah. say again, guys, play your clerics now. Play your cleric ancestries now. Yeah, get them all to diamond right now. There's, you're still it. not going to get them to diamond, but you might actually win some of your games, and you might enjoy it a little bit while it lasts. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, let's keep them rolling here. We, I think we got a good discussion into and we talked about some of the things we're playing. That's good. Uh, and, we'll, of course, there's always more to talk about in the future. But it's time to move it on, guys. You know, I, I predicted this episode would go about 60 to 75 minutes, and we're already at 95 minutes. So I mean, just would it be once again, a Sparks and Rec episode if it didn't go 45 minutes over? Of course not. Of course not. And we'll continue on the tradition <laughs> as we move into the Community Roundup.
right, everybody, here we are. We're getting close towards the end. We're going to do a snappy, jiffy community roundup section here. I'm going to just talk about a few events and then throw it over to you guys. Anybody else who wants to talk about events, go for it. I'll start out with King of the Castle, uh, which uh, has actually been moving kind of slow over the holiday season, mostly due to my uh, ineptitude. But I can say that CCAA did dethrone uh, Noodle Tupe from Castle B, and he is currently facing off against Rucksack in Castle B. He's sneaky good, by the way. I wouldn't call him sneaky good. I just call him really good. (laughs) It came out of nowhere, man. It came out of nowhere and just started beating everybody. He's the only person on my friends list that I have a sub-50% win rate against. It's 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 sad. Reminds me of somebody else, Alex. Came out of nowhere and just started beating everybody. So How is that right? <laughs> also, want to quit. This is not a hail to the kings, but shout out to uh, Bella Mill also, who came into the joust, which I'll talk about next. Also, sneaky good. Destroying people there as well. I'm not going to go over all of the results for the grand joust yet because we're still waiting on the end of the ranger ancestry joust. Uh, I'll save that for next episode, but we are getting close to advancing into the group stage. And once the Ranger Ancestry is done and we figure out who's advancing, I'll uh, announce all of the uh, Joust winners. But that's coming up. I'll just wait till everything's finished up so we can do it all at once there. Um, that's it for me, guys, for Community Roundup. Timmy, you want to talk about uh, TCL? Yeah. So, uh, what, we're on week six, I think. Just started week six of the season, so... There will be one more week and then catch up time and probably a little break before we start the next season. So going along good. All right. And if you want to sign up, check out. Yeah, I think for this season we had enough signups that we added another division. So that's uh, that's good. Nice. Nice. And you're using a bot for that, which has automated so much of the reporting. It makes it a lot easier to run. I can tell you that much. That's awesome. Check out TCL, guys. Uh, all right, Tim, I think that's it for you for Community Roundup. Alex, you got you want to talk about Echo of Valor and Survivor? Would love to. So would, uh, because Echoes of Valor is like the, I don't know, non-vanilla version of TCL. Um, TCL. Uh, the cool thing about it is that we're learning that wizards are dominant. Shocking. Um of so here are the players that are in that have been undefeated as of the first two rounds. You have Arcanel, Bellamel, CCAA, Noodle Tupa, Pifel, Rucksack, Strahilio, and as awesome as. Five of those are wizards. Two of those are alchemists, and one of those is a barbarian. So, you know. Uh it what kind looks of wizards like, are they? Do you know what kind of wizards uh, they are? Uh one is half demon, the rest are small folk. So, uh, no, I think there's, sorry, one human, small folk is the rest, and one human, one half demon, and the rest are small folk. So, wow. so an undefeated human wizard in there as well. That shows. Yeah. That shows yeah. I wizard. think that's, I think that's Bellamel, I think is, is his human yeah. wizard. So, but I think Bellamel has beta, so that would make sense. Yeah. Interesting. Doesn't, doesn't have beta? Or it doesn't have legend. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. Bellamel does. Yeah, yeah. I, don't think. I think he's our human wizard, and yeah. and that. <clears throat> so, and, and, and but congrats to everybody that has you know at least in the first two rounds been undefeated with their characters. Um, I know 
things are about to get mixed up. I'm sure as you know, Swiss kind of forces things to be mixed up along the way, but um, yeah, it's exciting to actually get to see some elite data amongst all of this stuff and see how it mixes okay. up in, in eight rounds of Swiss. So just, boom, uh, like I said, we're only two rounds in right now. Just throwing also, another shout one. Out, shout okay. out to Andalus for organizing that really quick. So. Seriously. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm in the three one bracket with all three of my characters right now, and this round I'm playing oh. against three alchemists. So, oh, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two two of mine are three one. I'm two two with another one, so not not quite as good as you, good sir. But you know. my my monk is three one. I think after after this week, but that's it. My other one's not faring as well. My other two. Um, as for survivor, we have uh, you know I think we're in round ten right now. And several players are still alive, but let me go through and make sure that I got this right. But CCAA still has all five characters remaining, which is in at round 10 unheard of, which is great. And tough who I, I don't think I've played a game against. So talking about coming out of nowhere, kids killing it. Um, Tough's got five, five players remaining in in survivor so i'm really excited to see where that ends up considering i started this and thank you for meowgan for taking it over whenever life hit me and i was unable to you know keep it up at a regular pace so props to meowgan yeah just doing a quick shout out for fight club season two it's going to be starting in february i have the season two format up on the realms rising website under the fight club community event menu uh looking to level 14 ancestry fighters uh with the banding systems you're going to need more than one fighter so go check it out and uh keep a heads up for when the bracket drops to register hope to see you there cool uh all right i think that's it for community roundup um looks like it all right guys let's take her home and head into tap it or scrap it All right, guys, you hear that melancholy, sad music, and you know this episode, Sparks and Wreck, is coming to a close. But first, guys, everybody's favorite outro semi-segment, Taps and Scraps, is up. Uh, This is where we talk about something, we tap something we like and scrap something we don't like, to put it simply. Uh, Let's let's start with our scraps first, guys. Um, Warden, you're our special guest this week. You, You got something to scrap? Uh, I can't actually do my scrap without doing the tap at the same time because I kind of do. We it. like embedded taps and Go scraps. For Go for it. it. Yeah, it's embedded taps and scraps. So uh, my my tap is going to be being a guest on a Sparks and Rec podcast. Oh, but the scrap that goes along with that is now I'm not going to have a Sparks and Rec episode to listen to for the next two weeks. <laughs> oh, oh, you can you can definitely listen to the episode that you're on. That was, yeah, that was the worst. But it won't be the first time you heard it. It won't be the first time you heard it. Yeah. Uh, uh, nicely done, Warden Slayer. Nicely done, embedded tapper slap, and it's your first time doing it, and you're a pro. You can, tell, you, you can tell you're a veteran community member, my friend. Nicely done. Uh, all right, let's just do that then. Let's do scraps and taps together. Uh, Alex, what, what are you tapping? What are you scrapping this week? So, uh, don't think I have any scraps this week. Well, life must be good. 
He's scrapping oh, shirts. No, 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 no. I had to lose a half a day to work today because we almost had tornadoes in in South Carolina because of the weather. And so that's, uh, you know, whenever people are at risk, you kind of got to cancel work. And that means I don't get to be a doctor today and I lose money and that sucks. But um, I'm going to Italy on Thursday. That's my tap. So I'm going to be gone for eight days. We're doing uh, Milan and St. Moritz going bobsledding. So that's exciting. And then I'm going to spend a couple of days uh, between wine country and uh, the spa. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good. What, time. Do you know what the name of the city you're going or the town you're going to? Yeah, we're going to Milan and then we're going to, we're going to spend a day in Lake Como and then we're going to St. Moritz and then we're going to uh, the wine country. Is that what you're asking? I can, yes. I can look that up. I don't remember exactly what day or what, what place in wine country, but if you'll give me a second, I'll. Italy is amazing. Uh, wine country is beautiful. I've been to uh, San Gimignano is a really beautiful place. Uh, Siena is another gorgeous place I've been to. Uh, it's not right in wine country, but it's in the con- countryside around. It. I'm just curious where you're going. Yeah. Uh, my wife, my wonderful, wonderful wife plans most of these trips. And she get, I give my input on that kind of stuff. So we're spending uh, most of our time is in Bormio. Is where we're Warm spending. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, enjoy, man. You got it. That's definitely a big tap to look forward to. Toronto is the other place where we're doing a little bit in Toronto, and most of it is in Borneo. So, okay. cool. Enjoy, man. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Enjoy some nice pizzas, and pastas. Uh, Filcho, let's go to you next, buddy. What are you scrapping? What are you tapping? Uh, my scrap. Uh, this pedestal fan right here. While it's doing well, um, it's hasn't quite been doing enough. So I, I want it to kick into overdrive a little bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really heated up a lot over the hour and a half we've been recording so far. I think the um, the the temperature outside has gone up uh, ten degrees freedom units and four degrees normal people units uh, while we've been recording. Um, so yeah, it's picked up and it needs to be putting a bit more work. You can't overclock your fan. Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, it doesn't have a. I haven't figured out how to access the motherboard yet. So, yeah, that's a fire um, hazard. Anyway, I think. Yeah, uh, and my tap. Uh, honestly, these this last two weeks of two and a bit weeks of holidays and time off has been great. I've really enjoyed just being able to unwind, spend more time with my girlfriend, more time with the family, and it's just been nice to step back from work. I've still got. A, I'm taking a week off next week as well. Like. And then I've got another half week off the week after that. So I've got a lot of stuff, a lot of time off, and I'm enjoying it. So that's my tap. Nice. Timmy, what's your tap and what's your scrap? Um, I'm going to scrap bulging discs and back pain uh, because I've been dealing with that stuff. And I've been off work, and it really sucks, and it hasn't been much fun. I know a good Uh, chiropractor if you want to fly to Myrtle (laughs) Beach. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to fly to Myrtle Beach. That's fair. Um, but I am going to tap, uh, turntables and vinyl records. I just, uh, upgraded my setup, had, had some vinyl for a number of years and whatever, but, uh, my wife is a big Taylor Swift fan and she's also started to get more into vinyl records because of the Taylor Swift albums and stuff that have been released somewhat recently. So it's fun. I love vinyl. Nice. All right. Uh, uh, 
that leaves me, I guess. What am I going to scrap? Uh, I watched a movie recently called The Creator. I don't know if you guys have seen it or heard of it. It's a sci-fi flick about AI and robots and stuff. Anyways, that's my scrap. It wasn't good. It had some good world building. <clears throat> it had some cool effects. Pretty garbage movie, guys. It, Man, it, I thought I thought you were going to recommend that one. So no, it's my scrap. Okay. It's and it's a scrap. Normally, I wouldn't mention a movie I didn't like because whatever, it's a bad movie. But it like had a cool premise. It started out really well. It had money put into it. it had some good actors in there, but it just completely whiffed on it. So. Thumbs okay. down for the creator. That might be an unpopular opinion, but that, that's my scrap for the week. My tap, boys, goes to my alma mater, the University of Michigan. The national champions of national uh, college associate football for the 1% of our listeners out there who actually give, it, give a crap about it. Uh, it's been 26 years since the University of Michigan won the national championship, which was my freshman year at the University of Michigan in 1997, Ooh. which was also before Filtrophobe was probably even born, which uh, makes me sad. When, when, when in 1997? <laughs> uh, well, it would have been right around this time, in January. January. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it was before I was born then, but not by much. Yeah. Uh, I right. feel really old because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was right. a freshman in college. Right. Jesus. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't in college yet, but I was about to be. So yep. yeah. My mom was about to be pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not – there's lots of jokes oh, to be had there, but we're whoa. not going to do that to your mom. Maybe, maybe it was <laughs> – uh, you know, it happened. Did she go to the University of, the of Michigan? You don't know. Maybe <laughs> Tom Brady. Did she? Did uh, she ever meet my mother? Was pregnant for eleven months, so probably not. <laughs> anyway, she didn't watch uh, it until two months later. <laughs> okay, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut this okay. now before before we go <laughs> truly off the rails. And, and let's so, talk about cat rectums. Now. Let's leave. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, let's bring let's, it in. Bring it in. Let's end the episode with uh, Coop's mother's uh, dignity still intact, guys. Let's let's try to protect that. Uh, I'll just uh, call. I'll, I'll finish out the episode here, thanking everybody, uh, welcoming you back to another year, twenty twenty four. Sparks and Rec. Thanks for sticking along for the ride, everybody. Uh, and looking forward to the next episode. You guys go ahead and take your turns, uh, and we'll have Warden Slayer. You're going to be our fight. You're going to be our anchor. You're going to be the final farewell. All right. So. Uh, Agency Thirteen, why don't you do? Why don't you give your farewells? Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm trying not to be too loud because my kids are trying to sleep, and I'm recording in my living room instead of my basement. So, thanks for listening. Filter, I'm going for it. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you enjoyed a little bit of time off, spend some time with the family or some friends. And yeah, stay fresh. Cheese bags. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. I'm glad that y'all were able to join us here today. Glad to be back and part of the podcast again. And uh, hope it happens more often. Take us home, Ben. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 47 of Sparks and Recreation. Um, if you want to donate uh, your diamond with human wizards and thieves to my ogre fighter, I much appreciate it. I'll see you in the queue. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. You're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms.